0: Praise the Lord, it's wonderful to be in his house today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Galatians chapter 5. The Bible speaks about war, battles between opposing sides, a conflict, A fighting. Wars we cannot evade. Wars with no middle ground. Wars with no truce option. Wars and we must choose a side. The flesh versus the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. The flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh. And here we are, enmeshed in a battle. The Amplified Bible reads, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free. But are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Wars we cannot evade. The Living Bible, for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good news we want to do. The good things we want to do when the Spirit has His way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us, and our wishes are never free from their pressures. This fight, this fighting within two forces Within, constantly fighting each other. We felt it. We feel it. Is there an answer? Is there a hope? And you know, all the good news today is that the flesh can be defeated. And yet we understand that to some measure, to some extent, and at times and seasons in life, this war will ramp up, this fight for control over us. If we would have the Spirit win control over us, we are going to have to pick the side of the Spirit, cross the battle line, and stand with the Spirit in opposition to the flesh. back up to verse 16 verse 16 I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh this is the way of the believer a walk in the Spirit the Amplified Bible but I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. Church, we're talking about determination. We're talking about obedience. We're talking about surrender. The Living Bible, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. That's the life we've been welcomed into. The life we're called to live. I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things. Your evil nature wants you to. No, we are not to be those that walk according to the flesh. We are to be those that walk according to the Spirit, They walk in the Spirit. There is a new manner of life and living for those that are the Lord's, a better way, a higher way, a divine way. And if we're here in the house of the Lord today and we are walking according to the flesh, heed the word of the Lord. There's a better way, a brighter way. Romans 8 verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit... Well, the Bible is so clear. We pick up a text like Romans 8, verses 7 to 9. Because the carnal, that is fleshly mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, know if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, He is not His. This war cannot be ignored. The flesh is a beggar, the flesh is a thief. A betrayer, a killer, an enemy of the Spirit of God until the flesh surrenders and is crucified and takes on a new way of walking, a new way of living. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I now live in the flesh. What a line. Live it by faith. Live it by faith in the Son of God who loves you and gave himself for you. For a better life for a better way let him live in you let his spirit win control over you the life we now live in the flesh we are talking about a life lived either in the flesh fleshly manner or a life lived in faith there's no neutral ground For the flesh wars, and so does the Spirit. We have to choose a side. We cannot live and fight on both sides, stand on the battle line and pledge allegiance to both forces. This is not the way of the Lord. The Bible says we were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The life we now live in the flesh. Galatians 5.16, J.B. Phillips' New Testament, here is my advice. Live your whole life in the spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of your lower nature. That's the call. That's the standard. Listen to the words found in the 84th Psalm. Psalm 84, verse 2, My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. We know that the flesh needs to be dealt with, broken by the Spirit, Crucified with Christ, put to death, that flesh sure puts up a fight. We must choose the Spirit while we live this life in the flesh. We must choose the Spirit, the side of the Spirit, and allow the Spirit to have His way with our flesh that the flesh might know its wretchedness and its desperate need of the Lord, that it would affirm defeat and cry out for the living God. Romans 6.19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness... So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. That is unto sanctification. See, salvation is the beginning. And then there's the process of sanctification in our lives. It's not just about coming to an altar or praying a prayer. Walking out the door and saying, I got my ticket to heaven. Life's good. My eternity's secure. Jesus has called us to go further. This process of sanctification. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins We've been called out of that life, church. Rescued out of that life. The process of sanctification is dear to the heart of God, it's His plan. But here, too, we have the choice. God has instituted free will. We're going to have to surrender. We're going to have to take up a spirit of determination, a spirit of obedience, laying our lives down, calling on the Spirit to have His way. Wars. Wars. Fleshly lusts versus the soul. First Peter 2.11 Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. This is the counsel of the Word of God. The Living Bible, dear brothers, you are only visitors here. Since your real home is in heaven, I beg you to keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you, for they fight against your very souls. I wonder, do we aid this fight against our souls? Would we live in a manner, live in a way where we would aid this fight against our souls? The Bible says this war is real. The amplified, beloved, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature that wage war against the soul. We cannot live in a naive manner. We need to abstain in this world. Abstain from the very things that war against our souls. The souls for which Jesus Christ gave his life. Spurgeon said, and I've shared it before, if Christ has died for me ungodly as I am, without strength as I am, then I cannot live in sin any longer, but must arouse myself to love and serve him who hath redeemed me. I cannot trifle with the evil which slew my best friend. I must be holy for his sake. Are we messing around with the very things that Jesus Christ died to set us free from? Imagine continuing in things and with things. Now knowing that they are the very force that fight against our blood-bought souls. If we don't abstain, we are asking for war. If we don't abstain, we are instigating war. Allies with the wrong side. The word abstain here is to hold oneself off. Refrain. Wars that we cannot evade. Wars that we must choose a side. What of the war within our members? James 4.1, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? A war in our members that starts wars and fights among us. The text highlights this for a reason. It's real. Why is it real? Listen to the Amplified, what leads to strife, discord, and feuds, and how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires that are ever warring in your bodily members? Or the J.B. Phillips New Testament, but about the feuds and struggles that exist among you, where do you suppose they come from? Can't you see that they arise from conflicting passions within yourselves? You crave for something and don't get it. You are jealous and envious of what others have got, and you don't possess it yourselves. Consequently, in your exasperated frustration, you struggle and fight with one another. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when you do ask, he doesn't give it to you, for you ask in quite the wrong spirit. You only want to satisfy your own desires. We can't fool the Lord. (laughs) These words we've read are serious words. Romans 7, verses 21 to 25, I find then a law that, is, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Church, we need to be delivered, the unholy war. In our members that Jesus Christ might win this war, that the spirit would win this war, that the wars and the fights among us might cease. The Lord has called his people to a spirit of unity, love and peace, that we function as one. Where do fightings come from? Wars, feuds, struggles that exist among us? Well, the text has highlighted it today. The wretched one that I am, who will deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wars we cannot evade that are real and a part of this life. What about the war from without, the contending with opponents? Ephesians six twelve, reading from the Amplified, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. Let's just stop there and say this too is real. But against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are The world rulers of this present darkness and against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere and so the Bible tells us what to do we read verse 13 therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place we so desperately need the armor of god to put on the armor of god every christian every believer in complete armor ephesians 6:14 to 18 stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication, for all the saints, watchful to this end. You know, there is a very real war with the enemy of our souls. If the eyes of our understanding would be opened, if our eyes, if the blinders would come off and we would truly see What's going on? What's taking place? We wouldn't live in a naive manner. I think we'd get a little more serious. Concerning a walk in the spirit. take this faith a little more seriously, if we knew what was really going on. Share the words. David Wilkerson said, I believe we can know our true spiritual state by how troubled we become over our slightest sin against our Lord. Some Christians only grieve over what they consider the big sins. Adultery, drug abuse, drunkenness, cursing. But the truly spiritual person knows that no sin is small in God's sight. And so he grieves every time he gossips, tells a dirty joke, Or has a lingering evil thought. He knows these things spring from his heart, the very center of his being. You can disobey God in such small things, excusing yourself and forgetting all about them, but if you do, you will never mature in Christ. Your righteousness is measured by your unwillingness to accept anything that grieves your blessed Savior. Not long ago, I said something very unChrist-like to my wife. My words were totally uncalled for, and I immediately fell under conviction. I knew I'd wronged her, so I asked her for forgiveness. Then I hugged her and told her I loved her. But my mind was still troubled, I thought. How could I be capable of something so unlike Jesus? After all, I've never been closer to the Lord. I've never prayed more than I have in the past year. I must be utterly wicked to have such a crude thing spring out of my heart. In that moment, the enemy whispered to me, that little slip up was no big deal. It was just a small thing but the Holy Spirit immediately rose up in my heart to refute the devil's voice he reassured me David the very fact you're grieving over this sin is proof I'm at work in you the more you grieve over even the smallest transgression against my love the closer you get to victory God sent His Spirit to us to wage war against our flesh and its desires and lusts. So if you aren't troubled when you fail, if you are able to shake off your sin with no sense of guilt, sorrow, or regret, then the Holy Spirit is not in you doing warfare. Now I rejoice not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance." For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, 2 Corinthians 7, 9. If you are being convicted by even the lightest transgression, you are close to true victory. He is winning the battle in your heart by producing a godly sorrow that leads to true repentance. Sometimes the artillery assault of the enemy comes as a whisper. Those whispers must be defeated. We must cry out, Holy Spirit, rise up within, in our hearts, and refute the devil's voice. I must be, I want to be troubled when I fail. Unable to shake off my sin with no sense of guilt, sorrow, regret. Have you come to this place in your walk? Listen, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit within us doing warfare. We need to be convicted by even the lightest transgression. Don't just grieve over the big sins. Jonathan Edwards said the smallest sin is an act of cosmic treason against the holy God. cry out today, Lord, I need victory. Lord, I need victory. Produce in me that godly sorrow that leads to true repentance. Have the worship team come. You know, church, grieving over sin is proof that he is at work in us. Not just grieving over the big sins, but the slightest transgression against them. Where we feel it. This is proof that the Lord is having his way with us. That he's beautifying us. That the process of sanctification is at work in our lives. That the Holy Spirit is actually doing war inside. But sadly, many only grieve over the big sins, they excuse the small ones. And the reality is, they never mature. Not like God intended. They never mature in Christ. Fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy six, twelve to sixteen. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses i urge you in the sight of god who gives life to all things and before jesus christ who witnessed the good confession before pontius pilate that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our lord jesus christ appearing which he will manifest at his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, sovereign ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. All the things in our world, manners in our living, and the Holy Spirit has tried to bring the conviction, the brokenness over these small things. We've just ignored them. Pushed them off. I mean, we grieve over the big things, right? He wants a brokenness in us over the smallest, slightest transgression. You say, well, I'm not sure if there's any sin in my life. words of George Whitfield come away my dear brethren fly 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 for your lives to Jesus Christ fly to a bleeding God fly to a throne of grace and beg of God to break your heart beg of God to convince you of your actual sins Beg of God to convince you of your original sin. Beg of God to convince you of your self-righteousness. Beg of God to give you faith and to enable you to close with Jesus Christ. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. Lord we thank you for the work of your spirit within us Lord I pray that we would feel the weight of this today and understand that the wars we've looked at are very real more real than we might acknowledge Lord, I pray that we would be those that would choose your side, that would not aid the enemy's side. And Lord, I pray today that we would hear you like never before and feel the convicting power of your spirit Lord, that your bride, your sons, and your daughters, your church would be pure, spotless without wrinkle. Lord, we surrender now and ask that the Spirit would come and convict us.